Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Proverbs 15, 24. When you have it, say amen. I want to give honor to my pastor tonight, to all the saints, the elders, Danny, um, I want to give honor to my bishop. Uh, it's always an honor to stand here, and I appreciate the opportunity. I always want to say that. Always want to, always want to say how thankful. And if you, I've always said, if you see me up here, you're witnessing a minor miracle. Amen. You're witnessing a miracle. If you know my story, you know that that's true. Proverbs fifteen twenty four, and I give all the glory to the Lord. Amen. Proverbs fifteen twenty four. It says, the way of life is above to the wise. How many knows the way of life to the wise is above you? That he may depart from hell beneath. The way of life is above to the wise. That he may depart from hell beneath. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit, God, that we felt tonight. Oh, Lord, the immediate presence, Lord, that I felt, Lord, as, as the music started tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would have your will tonight. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do each and everything that you would purpose to do in our hearts and our minds and our souls tonight, Lord. Lord, anoint the words as they come forth, Lord. Anoint the ears, Lord, as they, as they hear, Lord. Impart everything to the hearts that need to be imparted to the hearts. Because you can do it more in one minute than we can in ten years. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I was listening, I was, over the past couple weeks, something, a subject has really been heavy on my heart and on my mind. And so, as I often do, I work by myself a lot. And so I'll put my earbuds in and I'll try to find some preaching, you know, on. And I'll try to, I'll try to, get in tune, you know, with what the Lord's trying to say to me, you know, and a lot of times I'll be just working away and just praying and just, just you know, really supplicating with the Lord, as long as I don't have to think too much. If I'm doing something that's that I got to think with, I, sometimes I got to take them off and I got to think about it for a minute and then I put them back on and get back to it. But but how many know that sometimes the Lord puts things in your heart when he's trying to show you something, he's trying to, he, he's, he puts things into your mind, into your remembrance in order to change you, Amen. But I've been thinking about this subject, and it's not a very, I want to warn you now, it's not a very uplifting subject. It's not a very uh, happy subject. It's not a very uh, flowery subject. You know, I was telling my wife tonight, she's like, you know, I was, I was still kind of working on things on the way over. She said, oh, man, it's going to be that good, huh? You're working on it? And I said, well, I hope it's good. I said, it's not going to be too popular or uplifting, but I hope it's good. Somebody say amen. But I want to I want to talk to you about uh, the, give the title of this message. I'll just say it. It's the reality of hell in Scripture. The reason why this is so heavy on my heart is because it's been the the subject of hell had been on my mind and and I'd I'd gone and started trying to look up for messages, you know, trying to get some some people speaking on the subject, you know, so I can kind of get in the feel, you know, hear the scriptures, you know, as they read the scriptures while they're preaching. And I couldn't find very many good messages about hell, okay? For whatever reason, uh, I, 
the ones that you find that were, you know, the, the best ones were from 25, 30 years ago. I mean, it's not a surprise, right? The best messages that I could find were, you know, old, old, old time preaching. Amen. How many knows they used to preach about hell? Amen. How many remember being in church when you were a kid and you, you heard messages about hell, about, you know, all you hear from the pulpit nowadays is, is some, everything that wants to make you happy and want to, you know, and love stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong. I like feeling happy. I like feeling uplifted. But how many knows there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to avoid, right? There's a hell to shun. Now, we are made body, soul, and spirit. How many know that? And I tell you, the Lord's been really dealing with me about that. Maybe we'll bring a teaching about that soon. But body, soul, and spirit. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. And the life you live here on this earth and the life you live in the flesh, young people, is not going to last forever, okay? I've been getting, trying to get back in the gym, trying to exercise, and I'm not as young as I used to be. I told my wife, I said, I, walk out, I used to walk out of there feeling 10 foot tall and feeling great. Now I drag myself out going, oh, Lord, why did I do that? Okay? You're not going to... You're not going to last forever being young. I know you're young. You feel like you're bulletproof. You're invincible. You're 10 foot tall. You know, you can do anything. But that's not going to last forever. Amen? Now, the life that you live here is not the end of life, though. How many knows that as we get older, we start to think a little bit more about the end of the road? I mean, I'll be, you know, I'm 47 years old, 47 years old now, and I'm not as young as I used to be. And so the end is in sight. Okay, I start to understand. Now, I'm not, I'm not picking out grave plot yet or anything, but uh, the, the end of my life is in sight. And what I want to convey to you young people tonight, now there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, in pop culture, there's this thing they say, you know, YOLO, you know. You only live once, you know, meaning, you know, you're only here on this earth once. You might as well do everything that you want to do and have all the fun you can. And I, while I'm, I'm great, I love new experiences. I love exploring. I love to do things. How many know there's an eternity that needs to be figured into the equation? Amen. And that sometimes that one minute of being silly when you're young can cause you a lifetime of misery. So, and you could live hell on earth. Amen. Now, there's, there's a lot of depictions of the afterlife in movies and I remember watching Bugs Bunny when I was a kid you know and Yosemite Sam with his devil suit on you know and he has pitchfork and he's you know so and and and, and uh, or you know somebody would fall off a cliff or something and you see him floating up the with the angel wings and they're strumming their harp you know and, and everything so we understand there's there's lots of of things that people believe about the afterlife that aren't necessarily scriptural okay now there's lots of things that we could discuss, okay? But let's stick with Scripture because the Scripture is truth. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, what happens after we pass into the next phase? Now, uh, we've just dealt with a, a, a death in our family, and uh, it, it was unexpected, and we were grieved and everything. But how many knows, you know, sometimes the fact that the, fact that the person was seeking the Lord helps, okay? Now, but what what we do? What, what I just want to say this, and you know, I hope somebody online, nobody's defended. But we don't become angels when we die. Okay, that's not scriptural. Um, we're not going to be anybody's guardian. We're not going to be 
here watching over you. Now, I don't need you know. That's just not anywhere found in Scripture, okay? Now, the Bible says the angels were created beings, okay? They were created like Adam was created. The angels were created, and they're, they're a little higher than us. Hebrews 2.7 says that. We're not going to haunt anyone, okay? Somebody say, if you do that to me, I'll come back and haunt you, okay? That's not a choice that you get according to the Scripture, now, I can only go according to Scripture. Some people say, how do you know you've never died? You don't know what's out there. All I know is what the Bible tells me, okay? And if we're, we're believers and we understand that the Bible is all truth, it's truth in every way, shape, form, every word that was given was breathed out by God. There's not one in there that's a mistake. There's not one in there that needs to be re-rendered or rewritten or taken out or replaced. How many know that the word is the word? Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Yes, clap, absolutely. When you die, uh, you're not going to know everything, okay? People think, well, when I die, you know, I'll just know all the answers. Well, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9, it says the dead know nothing, okay? Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now, so we understand that after you, according to the Bible, after you die, after you've taken your last breath, after you've stepped, your soul has stepped beyond this body, okay, you're either going to be what people call heaven or you're going to be in hell, okay? Now, hell, lots of folks don't believe in it. And you can ask folks, you can talk to people, even Christians, people that sit in, have been in church for 30, 40, 50 years, don't believe in hell because it's never been taught about it. It's never been preached about it. How many knows that the Bible is full of references about hell? Jesus taught about hell more than he did. He incorporated hell in just about every lesson that he gave. And we'll read, we're going to read several of them. I hope you brought your notebook. And I want you, I, I, I really encourage you guys to really un, try to understand this subject because it needs to be talked about. It needs to be witnessed about. It needs to be in our hearts, in our minds. It's not, it's not nothingness, okay? People, some people think that you just die, uh, you, you close your eyes one day, and you're, you're into this big nothing, okay? Uh, it's not metaphorical, okay? There's people that, oh, it's just metaphorical. You know, you're just separated from God. It's just trying to, trying to show you the worst things that could possibly, you can possibly imagine to understand being separated from God. I don't believe that. Uh, you don't cease to exist. To the contrary, you're very much alive. Okay? Because the Bible talks about a second death. Okay? Now, the reasons why nobody talks about this is because it's uncomfortable. It's, it's absolutely uncomfortable to think about hell or to tell somebody that they're in danger of hell. Okay? Preachers don't want to preach about it because... People don't want to hear about it. And when preachers don't want to, when, when people don't want to hear about it and the preacher preaches about it, they might not come back. They might quit giving their tithes. They might, you know, for whatever reason, they, it's an unpopular idea because it is an imposition on the way that we live. Amen? How many knows that if, you, if somebody comes up to you and say, if you do, you know, when you're enjoying a big old candy bar or something, so you're going to get diabetes. You know, diabetes kills a lot of people. You know, and you're like, eating this candy bar and it's so good and you're just like so 
People don't want to think about it because it's, it's an imposition. How many knows that facts sometimes are our worst enemies? Somebody say amen. Um, when, uh, I, you know, I, you probably shouldn't eat. Uh, well, let's just move on. <laughs> the reality is it's a real place. Okay, we're going to read a lot of scripture. It's a physical place. Uh, it's in the heart of the earth. Okay, that's not, that's not um, legend. That's not, uh, that's a fact according to the word of God. Uh, it's a place of punishment. Okay, it's a place of torment. It's a place of heat, flame. And there's spiritual flame. Now there's something, I started to get into the study and, Man, I wanted to bring all this stuff out about, you know, the spiritual flame versus the regular fire, you know, and all that and, and the Word of God. And I just had to leave it out because I had too much. Maybe another time we'll talk about that. But in Isaiah 5, 14, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it for time. It says, Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself, opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and all that rejoices shall descend into it. Okay, so two things I want you to notice there. It's growing every day. Okay, if you picture hell, have a, like an elastic waistband. You know, you ever put on your eating pants? You know, Thanksgiving, you put on your eating pants, ones that stretch, you know? No? No one else? But it's got an elastic waistband because it's going to get bigger. How many knows there a little bit? You can wear a pair of... See, I'm still wearing medium-sized sweatpants. And they're stretched, the elastic stretch, you know. So we understand the, the meaning of that. It, it's growing every day. It also speaks of dissension into it. So once, we, once, uh, once again, it's in the heart of the earth. It's below us. Somebody say amen. Now, there's four words in the Bible. This is just housekeeping. We need to do this. Four words in the Bible translate hell. Sheol, which is the Old Testament. And then so in the Gospels, Jesus used it, but... Actually, there, it's Hades because of Greek, okay? And that's the other word, Hades. So Sheol and Hades are basically the same thing. One's Greek, one's, one's Hebrew. Somebody say amen. It's a prison, it's a prison house for souls, okay? Now, it, it doesn't distinguish between, it's just all souls went there, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Then there's Gehenna, okay? Gehenna, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus used it, at, and that's the lake of fire, Okay, that has the, the effect of burning, of consuming, of, of, of forever, forever flame. You're in a flame. That's Gehenna. Then Tartarus, 2 Peter 2.4, and in Jude 6 and 7 talks about Tartarus. Now, if you know anything about Greek mythology, and I don't mean to nerd out on you at all, but Greek mythology, the Titans were the, they were the sons of the gods and, the, and human women, and they rebelled against the gods, and then they were replaced in Tartarus in mythology. Now, according to the word of God, in Genesis 6, angels came down, mated with women. Um, the giants were formed. These angels were, were collected up, and it says that they're bound and changed in eternal darkness in Tartarus. That's Peter, 2 Peter 2, 4, Jude 6 and 7. Now, Isaiah 14, 9 says, hell from beneath. Okay, there it is again. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for, uh, for, the, for, 
for them, even all the chief ones of the earth, and has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. So this once again, and I'm just pointing out these scriptures because it tells us a little bit about this place. This denotes it's below us, okay? Hell's moved from beneath. It denotes that these are, uh, that there are, um, there's always, there, that people there are aware of new arrivals, okay? It's saying that the chiefs, the people that are already there, the dead's going to be stirred up when you get there. Amen? Now, stay with me because it's going it's to get fun here in a minute. Not fun, but you know, better. But no one spoke about hell as much as Jesus did. Now, I want you to start opening your Bible, Luke 16. And we're going to read through this. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through this and I'm going to point out things that I want you to understand. Because how many knows that Jesus' doctrine needs to be our doctrine? Somebody say amen. I don't care what somebody said about this guy or that guy or this guy's idea. If Jesus said it, it needs to be part of our doctrine, okay? We're going to start reading at verse 20 or 19. How about 19? It says, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Yikes. Okay? So you got this rich, you got a beggar sitting at the gate begging every day, and you got this rich man that has everything that he could possibly want, and uh, all Lazarus wants is the crumbs that fall on the ground. Okay? Should we follow, everybody follow me. It says, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell... Hades, he lifted up his eyes, okay? Now, right there, you see consciousness. You see a physical place. He is no longer where he was. He is someplace else. Somebody say amen. amen. He lifted up his eyes and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, as, as I was reading this, I see this rich man, and he is, you know, we get this picture. Now, uh, granted, this is, this. they were both in Hades. They were both in uh, Sheol. They were both in this place in the earth. But one was in comfort and one was in torment, okay? Now, it says here that the, bear, that the rich man could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, okay? He could see him where he was. Let's read on. It says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. So he thinks Abraham, and Abraham can hear him, so he's crying. Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, okay? Lazarus knows me. Okay, I'll let him eat my crumbs. <laughs> he ate the crumbs. Him and the dogs, they fought over my crumbs. Send him over. Okay, says that he may dip, his, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. There we have flame. There we have heat. There we have torment. Okay. And he cried and said, or, but Abraham said, so Abraham heard him. He said, Abraham said, son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between, okay, he's saying, beside all this, between us, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, okay? I see you. I know I, could, I wouldn't mind coming over to help you, but I can't, okay? There's a gulf fixed between us, okay? So that they which would pass from hence, and you cannot, neither can they pass to us, that would co not come from hence. 
Okay, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. Okay, now the rich man's interested in evangelism, isn't he? Now he's concerned about souls. Okay, he sees where he is. Now he's concerned about his father's house. Okay, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. Okay, go, let him go, let Lazarus go back and preach to him. Okay, I, I understand I'm where I am because of what I did or what I didn't do, but let Lazarus go back and preach to him. And Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Okay, they're saying, look, Abraham's saying, look, you had Moses, you heard Moses and the prophets, okay? And you chose what you chose and you're here, okay? Your brothers have the same choice to make. And he said, nay, no, 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 Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. <laughs> and he said unto, them, unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. In a few short months or however long this was between then and the crucifixion, it probably wasn't all that long, uh, Jesus knew he was going to rise again, okay? Now, he rose again. He was seen by a lot of people, uh, 500 people at one time saw him, the Bible says, okay? But did how many believed him? Of that 500 that put eyes on him, 120 of them went to Jerusalem, Okay, so what's this saying to us? Jesus, they saw him crucified. They knew he was dead. They saw him rise. Okay, but it still wasn't enough for them to go to Jerusalem and wait. Because he said, go to Jerusalem till thou be in power from on high, right? 120 went. Come on, read the Bible. So what are we, what are we saying here? Okay, so we get, let's think about what we know. Okay, it's uh, at this point, uh, Sheol is under earth, Hades. Um, there is a paradise part of it. There is a torment part of it. Um, and Jesus said, um, Jesus even told the member, he told the thief on the cross, he says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise, saying, we're going to Hades, but you're going to be with me in the good part. Okay? Now, Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I appreciate the hard work of the booth back there keeping up with me. I really appreciate everybody keeping up with all these scriptures. Thank you very much. That's a hard job. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9 says, But ever, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, notice this really, really well. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts under men. Now, verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first in the lower parts of the earth? Okay? Now, there's a change coming. Okay? Gee, uh, at this point, everybody still goes to Hades. Everybody still goes to Sheol. Now, granted, you know, you know everybody that died in the faith was in Sheol. Now, Jesus dies on the cross, and he descends 
into hell before he ascends to heaven. Okay, everybody with me? So he descends into hell. He leads captivity captive. The Bible says in other places that he preached to the souls, okay, that were in, in hell and led them, the ones that were, the ones that were, uh, had died in grace, had died uh, with the true, with a, uh, uh, in relationship with the Lord. He led them out. Okay, now, so what do we see? We see the change taking place about what's going to happen to us. Now, we can jump right now to 2 Corinthians. I don't want you to go there. I'm just going to read it. 2 Corinthians 8, it talks about being absent with the body and present from the Lord. So we see now that Jesus has made it possible for us to enter. Amen. Now that Jesus has died, he has completed his mission. He, is, he, he, has, he became our propitiation. He became our, the perfect sacrifice. He shed his blood on the cross. He died. He went to hell. He freed the captives, and he ascended to heaven. Now we can ascend. Now when we're absent from our body, our soul doesn't have to go, doesn't have to descend at all. We ascend, amen, our soul ascends to heaven. Somebody say amen to, to, to the Lord. Now. Mark 9. Everybody writing this stuff down? We're going to have a test next week. I'm a hard grader too, man. Whew. Remember essay tests? And uh, I had a guy, a professor in college that would give you points for, he called them, I'm not going to say the word, but he called them, I'm trying to think of a way to say it so you understand what, what he said, but not say it. You know what I mean? He said that, um, you know, somebody who had no idea what they were talking about was just going to give. He called them WG, uh, wild guess points. He would let, you know, somebody that could just write a big essay about nothing, he would give you a couple points just for the effort, you know. <laughs> Mark chapter 9, verse 43 and 44 now. This is Jesus again. Now, let's, let's, read, let's read 42 also. It says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Yikes, huh? Can you imagine cutting your hand off? If your hand offends thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into where? Hell. Into the fire that never shall be what? Quenched. Where the, I want you to notice this right here. Where their worm dieth not. Okay, we'll come back to that. And the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life or maimed into life than having or not whole than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched now what does that mean right there okay now first thing I want you to notice there is the worm okay now um, how many knows that in this fleshly body you have you have um, things that you know you, you know when you get, get in the ground, they say the worms are going to, you know, you're worm food. Okay? You're worm food, the worms are going to come and eat you, you know? Okay? But what it says here is the worm, their worm's not going to die. Okay? That means that they're going to be eaten forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. 
okay? Now, that's the first thing, number, the, the, n- number one. Number two is, if you have your flesh, you're probably going to have your cravings that you had when you were in your flesh. So you think about you have, you're, you're in your body, you know, you, you want food, you want water, you want comfort. Uh, if you're a drug addict, you want drugs. If you're an alcoholic, you want alcohol. If you're uh, a sex addict, you want sex. If you were, you, those cravings never go away, even while you're wasting away, burning away forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Now, that's incomprehensible to me. Okay, I've tried all this week. I've, I've been trying to ponder these things and trying to understand the depth of what he's trying to say to us right now. We read over this stuff, and it just goes just, you know, right over your head. You read on, you, oh, yeah, hell's going to be bad. Do you really, have you ever stopped and thought about exactly what this Bible is saying right now? What the, these are the words of Jesus. He's saying, you know, he gives you this, he gives you all the, you know, the rules, he wants you to do this, do that, because I don't want you to go to hell. Okay, he keeps saying it over and over and over. Okay, so guess what? It's important to stop sinning. Amen. Brother Smith, it's important to stop sinning. Now, it's, granted, we're never going to be perfect, okay? We're gonna, we can live our life, our whole life. We can do it, you know, but if we do our best every day, and we get a little bit better every day, and if I fall, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to, Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he is, unjust, he is just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So guess what? If I fall, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go back to the cross. I'm going to make it right, and I'm going to go forward trying to be better than I was yesterday. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect, right? Okay, what is he saying? You can be perfect? Absolutely not. He's saying your heart is pure before God, whereas whenever something happens in your life that you didn't want to happen or you didn't mean to happen or you stumbled and you fell and you made a mistake, that, that your heart is, is full of repentance. You fall right on your knees. You're not going to fight about it. You understand your error. You understand that you're the problem. It's not the other person. You're the problem. It's not the Word of God. You're the problem. It's not God, okay? You're the problem. You, you understand that. You walk down. Daily understanding that, that's being perfect in the sight of God. Okay? If we walk that way, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, okay, we will have fellowship one to another, okay? Right? That's, that's the walk, is walking uprightly, circumspectly, being self-aware, understanding our, our problems, understanding where we're weak, okay, and being ready at all times to hit our knees and say, God, I'm sorry, that was my fault. Okay, that's being perfect. Okay, now, the second thing I want you to notice is this is, this is, uses a different word here. He uses the word Gehenna. Now, Gehenna, this is, um, it, it's derived from the valley of Gehenna in Hebrew and Gehennam in the Greek. This was a valley just outside the temple and over the hill where back in the day, there was a king named Ahaz And there was a son named his son named Manasseh, and they were that's where they built their their idol their places to, for child sacrifice. And I could go into some details. I read some details about this. And I could go into some details about that. That really, really, you know. But that's a, that's a message for another time, okay? But they built these idols up. This is where they would have child sacrifice, and this is also called the Valley of Tophet. 
um, which they would play these drums. Anyway, I'm going to do a teaching about that sometime because there's a lot there, okay? But all of a sudden, then comes revival, okay? There's revival in Israel, okay? Josiah goes, and he tears all this stuff down, and he makes it a dump, okay? He says, this land is cursed. This land has got innocent blood on it, okay? How many knows the Bible says you curse the land with innocent blood? Amen. This land is cursed. We're going to make it a dump. We're going to dump all of our trash here, and we're going to light it on fire, and there was fire all the time. 24-7, 365 days a year, there was always something burning in the valley of Gehenna. So when he's speaking to these people, when he says Gehenna, okay, usually says hell means and says Gehenna, okay, they know exactly what he's talking about. They know exactly the type of place that he's talking about. So what's this? This is the lake of fire. Okay, now, you're saying hell, Hades is not the same as the lake of fire? No, it's not. Okay, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But the fire is not, fire is not quenched. The worm does not die. Now, Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10. Verses, sorry, verse 28. No, that's not right. Yes, it is. That's right. I'm on the wrong chapter. Man, sorry. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Says, and this is Jesus talking again, okay? Once again, he's going to explain to us about hell. He says, and fear not them which kill the body, okay, but are not able to kill the soul. Amen. amen. How many knows that no matter what they do to you, they can't touch your soul? Amen. Somebody say amen. He said, that's what he was talking about when he said, nobody can pluck them out of my hand, okay? It might be able to kill your body, you can't kill your soul, but or not able to kill soul, but rather fear him, okay, which is able to destroy both body or soul and body in hell. Gehenna. Now, so we get an understanding here all of a sudden that right after we die, our body's in the ground. Our soul isn't, is wherever it's going to be. It's either getting tormented or it's in paradise. But that's not the end of the story. Okay? Now, Matthew 11.21. Turn a couple pages there. I just want you to kind of put all this together because we're going to make some statements here at the end. Matthew eleven twenty one. This is Jesus talking again. And he says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Let's read on. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the might say hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have been remained unto this day. What's he saying there? If I, if I would have gone to Sodom, and we're talking about... Uh, the most, one of the most wicked cities in the Old Testament. He's saying, if I'd have gone to Sodom and did the things that I did in Capernaum, Sodom wouldn't have got destroyed. Remember Abraham? Pastor preached about it the other, uh, on Sunday about Abraham. 
needing, you know, find 50, find 40, find 30, five, find 30. You know, remember that? He would have found them, and they wouldn't have been destroyed. Amen. Somebody say amen. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Okay, what's this tell us? Degrees of punishment. Okay, are there degrees of punishment in hell? Sure sounds like it to me, okay? Not everybody's equal, you know? Not everybody had Jesus walking on their shores, right? Not everybody had the living word right in front of them. You know, I've got been to church so much in my life that there's no hope for me. If I walk away from the Lord, I know a lot about it, and I'm, my punishment will be great. Somebody say amen. Now, somebody that doesn't know a lot or reject, but rejected what they did learn, you know, hey, I don't know. God is just, but it sounds to me like there's degrees of punishment. You're judged by the light that you have. You're judged by what you do with what you have. Somebody say amen. Anybody learn anything? John chapter 5. Remember sword drills? Remember in youth group, you do sword drills? What that was was they would, everybody have their Bible ready, you know, and they'd say, Acts 2.38. You know, you, everybody's flipping through the Bible to try to find it so they could stand up and read it. If you won the most during the sword drill time, you get a prize or something. But you had to know where all the books of the Bible was. It helped me, okay? I just, we've been flipping a lot through that. How many knows we need to get into the Word, Okay. You know, pick it up, you know, blow the dust off. Get back into it. 529, or 527 through 29. It says, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. Somebody say the hour is coming. In which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. And they that have done good under the resurrection of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. Okay, now stop for a minute and think about this. So everybody's dead. Everybody's soul is where they're going to be. And then there's coming an hour where it's reward time. It's time to face the music you know it's time to I won't say pay the piper but you know that's really not a good analogy but it's time to answer okay you already know where you're going to be but it's time to either get rewarded or get answered in revelation it talks about you know the great white throne judgment that's what he's talking about right now and the sea will give up the dead let's read it real quick it's it's a really good really good victorious scripture i'll just read it real quick the revelations 20 12 through 14 it says uh and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were opened everything's written down right and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and the and death and hell listen to this and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them okay so these people are dead. They're, they're in Hades, 
Sheol, they're in torment. And the day comes when the word's given, the hour, it says an hour. Everybody is getting raised in an hour. And under the resurrection of damnation or the resurrection of, of salvation, okay? So it says, deliver them up which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this was the second death, okay? So we understand that the lake of fire and hell are different places. Somebody say amen. Now, Jesus spoke again, Matthew 25. I don't see anybody taking notes. Anybody taking notes? Matthew 25, they're like, well, we can just get online and listen to it again. No big deal. <laughs> Matthew 25, 31 through 46. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with them, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall he be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. Brother Trent, the goats. <laughs> Sister Angie, the goats. He shall separate, he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Now, I want to stop right there. And I was reading this one day, and I thought, what's the, the big deal there? I mean, what, why, why, you know, and uh, the Lord kind of pressed upon me. Well, somebody who takes care of sheep or a shepherd. Okay, they got to care for them. Somebody who takes care of goats are herders. They got to, you know, they're not so nice about it because goats are what? Strong headed, strong willed. Uh, they're not. They're not strong willed. What? Yeah, they are. Okay. Obstinate beings. They, they want what they want. Now, how many knows that? That's exactly, you know, a sheep is like, Okay, whatever the shepherd says, that's what I want, okay? You know, the Christian's supposed to be like a sheep. The goat needs to be beat on the head every other day to listen to you, right? So we're talking about two different kinds of people. I, I just, it just, it's a sidebar, but something kind of came to me that day. A, sh a shepherd versus a herder, okay? It says, and then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me, and I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came to see me, came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, When saw we thee a hungered and fed? and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink. And when he saw thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee, or when we saw thee sick in prison, and came unto thee, and the king shall answer and say, Verily I say to unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of me, these are my brethren, you have done it unto me. But then shall he say also, O the woes on his left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil, and his angels, okay? What name of purpose for humans? For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, in the prison, you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, say, Lord, we saw thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, in the prison, and minister unto thee. And he shall answer them, and saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it, 
not to the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment and the righteous unto life eternal. Now, I want you to understand right here. I read all that for one reason. Verse 46 says, the punishment is eternal. Okay, it's the same, and then they use the same, use the same word for the life eternal. Okay, we're talking about how, how long have you lived? 47 years, okay? We can def- I've lived 47 years. I could define that down to the second, down to the, how long is eternity? I mean, how long is that? Do, can we even fathom that? Can't even understand how long, you know, for, for the bit of trouble, you know, Job said, life is but a few days and full of trouble, okay? And that's true. A lot of people have rough lives. A lot of people have a lot rougher life than I do, okay? I have my troubles. But how many knows that? That's a drop in the bucket when it comes to eternity. And there's things that we, we, we go through these things, we, we read these verses, and, you know, the, you're maybe preaching about being, um, being charitable or whatever. We read over those verses, and those things just... It just goes right over our head. Jesus is telling us over and over and over and over and over again that there is a reward and there's a punishment. Okay? It's not just, well, I decided to go with the Lord. You know, I've, you, you, I, there was a song back in the 80s, you know, Highway to Hell, ACDC, you know, no stop signs, no speed limit, you know. I'm going to. Do, you know, we're going to party every day, you know, we're going to, you know, that's not, no. Uh-uh. I heard a guy say one time, yeah, the devil don't want me going to hell, I'll take over. No, that's not true. I'm sorry. So we got to understand that there's these half people treat these things that like haphazardly, so they, they treat them so lightly or take them so lightly. What is he talking about? We're talking about eternal death, okay? And it doesn't get preached on. It doesn't get taught on. People don't witness about hell. Okay, you, it's just, you, it's so hard to broach that subject with anyone because no one believes in it anymore. Somebody say amen. Matthew 18 talks about, I don't know how you go there, but talks about uh, the parable uh, of the unforgiving servant and how pastor preached about that a while back too. He said, you know, the guy was forgiven, but then he was unforgiven, Right? He was forgiven of the debt, but then he went out and couldn't forgive somebody else their debt, okay, even though it was a lot less of what he owed. But when he went to, when the Lord found out about it, he, uh, he unforgave him. So when you, whenever you hear people talking about eternal security and that what you do in the body after you uh, make, a, make one prayer to the Lord that you accept him as your Savior, that whatever you do is no big deal because you're covered in grace and, you know, all that, that that's not biblical, Okay, just read that one parable right there. It tells you that it's not biblical. Amen? And you remember the, uh, uh, it just came to me, the, the other parable where the, he's talking about the servant when he comes, uh, the, he doesn't know the Lord's coming, and the Lord comes and finds him not doing. Okay, he's going to appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Okay, so it doesn't hold true that, that just because you prayed one time that you're going, you're, you're, you've got it sealed up. Okay, that's not what we're talking about right now. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 66. And this is otherwise a pretty beautiful passage, but I want you to notice something here. 66, 22 to 24. This is Isaiah. Uh, he was shown 
um, the Lord is showing him the new heaven and the new earth. He was telling him about the new heaven and new earth. He says, uh, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, show, show, so shall your it's easy for you to say, <clears throat> so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship me before the Lord, before me, saith the Lord. That's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about the Lord's reigning on the earth. Uh, all the Sabbaths are coming. We're going to worship, you know, and everything. But look at this next one. Look at this next verse. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die. Neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So what's this saying? It's saying that after we leave church, we're going to walk by hell. We're going to walk by where we can see and be reminded of what we were saved from. Okay? He's saying, he's saying, look, you're going to look upon them. Everybody that's ever been cast in, you're going to look upon them, and their carcasses are there, and they're burning, and they're alive, but they're, they're dead, but they're alive. They're dying everlastingly. Okay, and you're gonna you're gonna walk by there, and you're gonna it's gonna be an abhorring. You're gonna you're gonna hate that place. You're gonna hate looking there. You're gonna hate it. Okay, but this that's where they're gonna end. That's where all these people are gonna be for all eternity, a spectacle. You know, you might see somebody you know and say, "Man, that I went to church with with him or her. Man, I knew them growing up. Man, you know, you know, and be." Might be grieved about it. I don't know. But you got to understand that there's more to this than just, you know, uh, harps and pitchforks, right? And people just don't, it's going to be forever. It's going to be an eternal statement right in our face of what God thinks about rebellion. Amen? Of what he thinks about a refusal to obey his law, about, he, about what he thinks about a, a refusal to regard him in his rightful place in the world. Hebrews 10. <laughs> Told you it wasn't going to be much fun. I can't help it. This is what he gave me. Hebrews 10, 30, and 31. I just want to, the reason why we're going to each reading is because I could sit up here and read them. You know, I could you know, read them and we could go move faster, but you, I want you to see it. I want you to understand where it is. I want you to see it with your eyes. It's in here. That you know, so There's something about seeing it, seeing the words. And, and does anybody understand what I'm saying? There's something about looking at it, looking at the words says, for we know him that, that hath said, vengeance belongeth unto me. Okay, who's that? Amen. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Understand that the Lord holds the revenge. You, it, it's not just punishment. It's vengeance. He is avenging himself of you. 
Wow. He is taking revenge on you. He is, he is making things right, doing justice on you or on me. Understand that when people go to hell, it won't be, uh, you know, Jesus himself, the Lord, will put them there. So you got to understand, you know, people read this all, a God that I serve won't send anybody to hell. How many ever heard of the Unitarians? You know, they think that in the end, even Satan's going to be saved. They think there was a guy, there was a guy, a uh, very interesting story. He was a minister out in Tulsa. I can't remember his name. Um, he was actually the singer Carmen. Carmen went there. He was the a musician, played in the church and stuff. His name was, um, I can't remember, but he, he was a fiery preacher, you know, on fire for the Lord. He had, his church was growing. And his uncle was in jail. And his uncle, he visited him and, his, and tried to get him in church and tried to get him. And his uncle got, he was supposed to get out, like get paroled or something. He got caught with drugs in there. And so the, the guy told him, said, well, there's nothing I can do for you now. You've got to serve out your whole sentence. You know, it's going to be. And so he hung himself. And this guy, in his grief, went searching for a way that his uncle wasn't in hell. And he found this, uh, this belief or this uh, doctrine of the Unitarian doctrine of everybody being saved. And he started preaching that. And his church went, you know. How many knows that just because it's, and grief is awful, right? But everybody makes their decisions. Nobody, nobody is going to go to hell with, that didn't have a chance. Okay, understand that people say, well, what if the person is, you know, lived in Africa or lived in, uh, out on an island up by Alaska and never heard, you know, the Lord is just. Okay, you're only going to be held, you, and nobody is, nobody's going to be in hell, only the people that understood the word and chose, said, no, thank you. Okay, they would have purposely rejected God's overture to save their soul. Second Thessalonians 1 7. I'm almost finished. I know this has been harsh. Somebody say amen. Sometimes the truth hurts. Anybody ever had to face a hard truth? I have. says, and to you that are troubled, rest with us when the Lord shall be revealed, revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, say flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them but believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So here we have the Lord coming. And I want you to notice the dichotomy here. The Lord's coming in flaming fire with his angels. And on one hand, he's taking vengeance. And on the other hand, he's blessing with his presence. His presence at the same time is taking vengeance 
and blessing at the same time. Isn't that crazy? On what side of the fence you're on, what kind of, uh, what kind of, which hand you're going to be on, you know what I mean? It's, it's his presence at the same time is punishing while he's blessing. How many's ever heard news that was sounded pretty good to you, but didn't sound so good to somebody else? I think this is going to be it right there, right? It's going to sound great to somebody that's looking for him and wanting him to return, right? But for somebody else, it's not going to be such good news. Finally, Matthew 7, 13, last couple scriptures here. He says, this is Jesus again, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You know, let's read the, the let's read real quick the the companion uh, verse to that uh, Luke 13 verses 24 through 28 I'll just read those real quick it says strive to enter at the straight gate so what's that mean that means you got to try you got to you got to put forth your effort to enter at the straight gate and the straight means narrow for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able to when, when once the master, I want you to notice this here, when once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. He's saying, because of where you are, I don't know you. Everybody that I know is already in here. Then he shall begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I know you not. I know, I know you not whence ye are. Okay? I may, have taught, I may have preached in your streets, and you may have been there. But because of where you are, I don't know you. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And then listen, look at this. There shall be weeping. You know, there's a lot of crying in hell. Gnashing of teeth. And when ye shall see Abraham, okay, they're going to see you too. They're going to see. We're gonna, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Wow. 2 Corinthians 5. It's the last one. Nine through ten. We already read eight. Remember, we talked about eight a little while ago. We we're confident, let's say. Willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Somebody say amen. It says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. And it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one 
may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Stay with me. Like I said, I love it when the Lord gives me a good word to preach and for everybody to say amen and shout. And, but it's something totally different when you're reminded of where we're lacking. Amen. And I want everybody to understand that um, I wasn't, um, this isn't, like I said before, you know, this isn't bad news if you know the truth, right? If you're holding on to the truth, this is not bad news, what, what you're avoiding. But for those that are refusing the truth, um, well, I couldn't think of any more worse news to get. And that's why it's not preached. And that's why it's not taught. And that's why people would rather just not speak about it. Amen. And how many knows there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun? There's a hell to avoid. There is a hell right now where there's a lot of people preaching up a storm. There's a lot of people would give anything to be where you are right now, to be, be able to give anything. If you're online, you're watching online, why you got breath in your lungs, why you have blood circulating in your veins, why you're in your right mind, while you have the ability to hear and to see and to understand. Take advantage of that. Find some peace with the God, with, with the Lord. He is there. He's right there. Open hands extended. This is the time of grace. Okay, people talk about want to talk about grace. Grace is chance to repent. That's what grace is. And if the Lord's pulling on your heart right now, he hasn't given up on you. There's hope. And where there's hope, there's life, right? Amen. Hallelujah. We all know people, all of us, that need to understand what we talked about tonight. As horrible as it is. Be in prayer for them as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, all the times that you've warned us, that you've explicitly spelled out what needed to be said about what needed to be avoided. God, you never pulled, Lord, you never pulled any punches. You, you gave detail. Lord, you never hid it from anyone. You never tried to gloss it over. You never tried to make it sound pretty. You never tried to make it sound appealing. Lord, it's the truth. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the mercy that you've shown me in my life. Lord, I pray, Lord, for all those that are lost, Lord. God, I pray for souls, Lord. I need to hear your words. I need to hear your, your message, Lord.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.